Hey everyone, welcome to Hit the Apex Podcast. It's Jawad here as always. Thank you for joining me this week after the US Grand Prix. Um, in the middle of another doubleheader, we are um, in the Americas heading over to Mexico next weekend, which should be good too. And only three races left in this 2022 F1 season. Who would have thought that um, uh, at the start of the year that we'd be wrapped up the both the drivers championship and the constructors championship this early with red bull winning the constructors title as well over the weekend so looking at the u.s grand prix welcome back to austin texas big crowd i think 440 was the total attendance for the three days or the four days however they count it uh you had red bull in the headlines Again, you know, with the cost cap breach punishments yet to be decided, but I think what kind of took the cake over the weekend, unfortunately, was the news of the passing of Red Bull's founder and co-owner in Dietrich Mateschitz, so reports that obviously been circulating over the past few weeks that, you know, he was ill and, you know, some people even suggested he was already dead, but, um, you know, that news came over this weekend or he did pass away over the weekend of the um, United States Grand Prix, so that kind of just put to or postponed, if you like, the the cost cap chat with the FIA, that's all going to be decided later on now, it seems, Um, but on on Mr. Mattershit's Didi, like uh, people who knew him uh, would call him, you know, Red Bull wouldn't be where it is today, you know, he was a quiet man behind the scenes, which I really admire, you don't need to be front and centre in the press or in the paddock all the time, but he had that, uh, you know, deep passion for, for what he did, you know, what he loved, his motor racing and extreme sports, and that's why we see Red Bull where they are, all over the world, not just in F1, but in other motorsports as well, and uh, all the extreme sports that they sponsor, so yeah, obviously a sad loss, and you know, for Red Bull to go out and then win their first Constructors' Championship since 2013 as well, have that sealed up, and you know, another Drivers' Championship as well, I'm sure they'd have been really happy to honour their uh, founders' great legacy with, uh, with those particular wins. Now, <clears throat> Wins, speaking of winning, Max Verstappen, he won a thrilling race towards the end ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Um, It's his 13th win of the season as well. It sees him equal the record set by Michael Schumacher in 2004, Sebastian Vettel in 2013, um, plus 33rd career win as well, which puts him sixth all time. So he's just behind the likes of Senna, Prost and Schumacher and Hamilton now uh, in terms of his overall wins in F1, so that is quite an achievement to rack up as well, and, you know, Max is just quickly catching up in terms of those records there. Look back to qualifying, it was Ferrari who was on form as always on Saturday, it was Carlos Sainz who was the better of the two cars, he got the pole ahead of Charles Leclerc, though Leclerc along with um, other drivers were facing grid penalties, Leclerc 10 place for a change of turbocharger and um, ICE I believe, and then there was 5 place grid penalties for others including Checo Perez, Fernando Alonso and um, I think it was Guan Yu Zhou as well. Um, Max got the better start having joined Carlos on the front row, as we know second at Cota is a better starting position than first because it gives you that open run 
or that clean run up into turn one where you don't have to go so wide either you can use the inside of the apex there so great job from max to identify that and nail that um science unfortunately taken out by george russell at the first corner it's the second consecutive race for science that doesn't see it beyond that he didn't get to see it beyond the end of the first lap uh penalty dished out to russell with five seconds to be served at the next pit stop bit of a wtf pit stop there you gotta say not pit stop uh, penalty there it was probably just the equivalent of a slap on the wrist for George given that he had effectively ended someone else's race and the pulsator's race mind you so you know Ferrari wouldn't have been happy about that Russell gets away with that Uh, we had both Aston Martins in the top five as well um, after the first lap so Lance Stroll who actually started from fifth as a result of all those penalties and also getting into Q3 as well in qualifying really helped him as well. He started fifth, he was up to third. And then Sebastian Vettel from 10th on the grid up into fifth at the end of the first lap. I mean, that is quite impressive there from Seb in his final race in the States in a Formula One car. Um, so they were going nicely at the start. Then we basically got uh, you know into the pit stop phase of the race. So Lewis Hamilton was the first to pit whereas George and and Max the race leader followed not too long after Checo as we said he started back um in the field with that five place grid penalty had front wing front wing damage and actually lost that end plate on the front wing uh, having contact with the Alfa Romeo early on in the race they didn't put a new one on there and we saw footage of the end plate just kind of flapping around and flying off so if you cast your minds back to Singapore Grand Prix in a particular Haas car that had the same problem um, which we'll go back to a bit later on the show and talk about that in a bit more detail but you can see where this is going in particular to in relation to that Haas and maybe an Alpine as well. Uh, lap 18 we had the safety car out we had Bottas Bogged in the gravel at turn 19. Leclerc was lucky to be able to get a cheap pit stop here and stayed in the top four. So he had a bit of a slow start, did Leclerc. We didn't expect him... We kind of expected him to come through the field a bit quicker than he did, but eventually he got up there. He got up there where when he needed to. And we had pretty much another safety car straight after that restart when Fernando Alonso collected Lance Stroll on the back straight. So... This was a curious one. There was no DRS. Alonso got a good run um, and then went left, presumably to pass. What else would he have done by going left? Yet Stroll also goes left very, very late and sends Alonso flying. Or he got airborne for a second with two wheels off the ground, very much like Mark Webber back in the day. Um, could have been as bad as Mark Webber in Valencia. You know, that uh, that would have been horrible. But uh, thankfully, it wasn't the case, and Alonso actually started, um, or Alonso actually was able to get a new front wing and new set of hard tyres and get back out there and recovered, actually recovered to finish in the points, believe it or not, until this uh, 30-second time penalty was hit, um, was given to him after the race, or actually it was a... um, a 10 second stop go penalty which equivalates when it adds when it's added to your race time at the end of the race to a 30 second time penalty so and that was because 
he had a mirror that was dangling like a carrot, you know, I don't know what, what that's supposed to be, but anyway, it was dangling off the side of his car, eventually it became dislodged and flew away, now, remember how I mentioned Checo earlier with his front wing end plate doing the same in the Haas car a few races ago there at um, Singapore, well, this is where, this is why the penalty was applied, because Haas saw this, and because they had one car in the points already, or what they had one car fighting in the points with Kevin Magnuson, they're like, ah, oh, well, we don't like that because we got in trouble in Singapore for having a loose front wing end plate. So you shouldn't be allowed to have a loose uh, rear view mirror. So Haas basically po- protested post race on the basis of the penalty that Magnuson got in Singapore. Um, Whereas Perez, unfortunately, well, Perez, fortunately for him and Red Bull, didn't kind of catch the steward's eye in that respect. So apparently Alpine have appealed this and will be going to the FIA uh, later today, actually, Thursday, to see if they can have that overruled because apparently during the race there's someone from the FIA or they asked someone from the FIA if this is okay and they said yes at the time so it will be interesting how that one pans out but effectively Alonso was thrown out of the points and was down in 15th in the end um, which brought Magnussen up to 8th uh, so more points for those guys but um, yeah you know when you look at where Checo was as well, he finished fourth in the end, um, without that end plate either, should there not have been a black and orange flag handed out, or dished out to him for that, as was the case for Kevin Magnussen in Singapore, because it was effectively the same thing, Alonso with a mirror, he cops, uh, didn't get the black and orange flag during the race, but ends up getting a penalty post-race, and loses his points, so that's, like to me, that's more severe than what happened to Russell for uh, taking signs out of the race on the first lap, so, you know, what gives in that respect, go back to the rest of the actual race itself, so Hamilton again triggers the pit stops on lap 35, uh, Leclerc and Verstappen follow uh, on the next lap, but then there was a disaster with the Red Bulls, they haven't really put a foot wrong when it comes to pit stops this year, but um, there was an 11.1 second stop for Max, I think the front left they couldn't get it on properly, so this actually gave a bit of hope to Mercedes now to win because Hamilton was in the lead and Leclerc was in second, Max a bit angry down in third, but he was able to comfortably retake the lead on lap 50 out of 56 to win the race and Hamilton coming home in second. So again, you know, you could take off your hat to Hamilton and Mercedes, they you know, did excellent today, they were aggressive with their strategy, they weren't going to rely on what others were doing, instead they were going to force um, the others' hands, and in the end, you know, to come home second, I think they can be really proud of that. Complete opposite of what we've seen Ferrari do this season, where they, you know, don't even try to take the initiative, then they still mess things up, and, you know, it's it's basically, that's the story of their year so far, but um, Hamilton on the podium in second, and Leclerc coming home in third as well, I think they'll be happy with at least a trophy to come away after um, signs being taken out of the race. Uh, already done the stuff about Haas and the protest, which got Alonso in trouble. Russell pitted for the soft tyres at the end to get faster slap, so he gets that extra point down in fifth. Lando again, 
Lando Norris, excellent in P6, basically taking the McLaren team one-handed to fourth in the constructors, although uh, losing po- Alonso losing points elevated Ocon into the top 10 uh, as well. So he scores a point, but I think the gap between Alpine and McLaren now is down to four points again. So that's really good stuff from Lando to do that. Uh, Stroll, DNF, almost... Uh, turning Aston Martin's great day into a horrible one uh, when Seb came in for his second pit stop and it was pretty terrible, but he was able to drive like a lunatic at the end. He was excellent, you know, showing great signs of the old Sebastian Vettel, even though, you know, he's retiring to drive back and finish in seventh. And he we saw that really cool battle right at the end there with Kevin Magnussen that was wheel-to-wheel. Um, and even with... Lando, I think he overtook Alonso on the last lap, but we didn't actually get TV footage of that, which was a bit annoying. So, um, but yeah, it was nice to see Vettel and Magnussen going at it and Vettel coming home in seventh. So, nice little streak of scoring for Seb at the moment. And when you look at the Constructors' Championship 2, Aston Martin, one point behind Alfa Romeo for six. So, who would have said that at the start of the year that we would have Aston fighting for sixth in the championship, uh, given how what they, where their form was in that respect? Um, so, Magnussen, like the highlight with Magnussen as well, is that he was one of the only drives still one stop strategy, um, which didn't work. His teammate did a conventional two stop, it didn't work for him. While there was potential for points for Mick Schumacher today or on the day, but it ended up being Magnussen in the points. And again, I feel like you know the the critics are going to look at that and say, um, well, you know the writing's on the wall for Mick. That's that's it. And I think you know if you believe what's being said at the moment, it, it might be the end for Schumacher. Sadly, so that is a bit terrible. But again, he hasn't done anything to help his own cause in that respect, if we're putting, you know, nepotism and and the surname aside, I think, you know, his own uh, efforts this year haven't really been up to the standard of matching his teammate and, you know, even just being able to score more points on more occasions and, you know, avoiding those incidents that we had because that really wasn't helping him at all uh Yuki Tsunoda in the points as well for Alpha Tauri picks up P9 uh and good good points for the team even though they are slipping away from their rivals or not really slipping away but they're two points behind Haas now and I think you know given the way that's toing and froing and the way that Alpha Tauri their form is I kind of don't expect them to score points but they'll probably surprise us later on but yeah, that um, pretty much summarised that one. Do I dare say anything about Latifi in, in last? Or Daniel Ricciardo in, in second last? Probably not. It's the same old story. And it, it was rather sad after the race seeing Ricciardo and his comments about, you know, how, you know, last year, you know, even though it was still pretty bad, it's not as bad compared to this year at the USGP. So... Yeah, what do you say to that? And it's pretty much like he's just going through the motions and is seeing out the time, you know, whatever the three races left. As much as it would be great to see him do something special, I don't think we are going to see that, sadly. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up that one. Looking ahead, though, to Mexico this weekend, it's Checo's home race. 
another chance for Checker to win on home soil, which would be great. He's won two races already this season. I'm sure Max could easily let his teammate win another one, you know, given that all everything has been wrapped up and there would still be two races for Max to go after that record of uh, 14 wins in a season to make it his own as well. Um, but there will be a lot of scrutiny over Red Bull um, about the cost cap sanctions as well, what's going to happen as a result of that. Uh, we also think, you know, also talk about the fact that a high altitude circuit this time could suit Mercedes. Still hope of the Lewis Hamilton record of, you know, winning a race in every season that he's been in in F1 since 2007. Living on, there's still three races to go, so it's potential... Uh, Lance Stroll picked up a three-place grid penalty because of the incident in Texas with Fernando Alonso, so see him starting three places back. Also got Jack Doohan, son of motorcycle legend Mick, uh, to steer the Alpine in FP1 as well in Mexico, his first uh, run in an F1 car on a race weekend, so that'd be a good uh, little reward for Jack. Uh, Williams also confirmed... Uh, that Logan Sargent would be its 2023 driver um, over the weekend in Texas as well, but that's also pending a super license. So, you know, after Abu Dhabi, when F2 finishes up for the season, we'll be able to find out whether um, Sargent will have enough points uh, to qualify for a super license and then also um, join the F1 grid for next year. So how, how exciting is that, that we'll get to see him? I'm sure I didn't mention this, like, few weeks ago but Nick DeVries getting the Alpha Tauri gig and uh, Alpine has Pierre Gasly so that's going to be quite interesting for next year as well also got confirmation that Audi will be indeed buying out Sauber um, for 2026 so that will be great I mean it's not really news but you know the official confirmation came yesterday so that's exciting for any fans of Audi and motorsport and, and Sauber as well it probably will be the revival that Sauber have needed for quite some time as well it's great that you know Finn Rousing and the Swedes were able to get him out of the financial turmoil that they were in a few years ago but you know in terms of moving up the grid they haven't really done much of that since then or since coming under the Alfa Romeo sponsorship guys so yeah we'll have to wait to see how that all works out and yeah that's till 2026 <clears throat> moving it on then not a big show today but just a quick look ahead to the supercars as well that are on this weekend with the gold coast 500 the first non-enduro event at gold coast i think since gold coast was was on the supercars calendar i'm not i'm not sure about that i'm sure i'll be corrected on that but we'll have two times 250 kilometer races um effectively like mini endurance races given that they do run to like two hours a pop on saturday and sunday with top 10 shootouts as well it's likely that we're going to see shane van Gis shane van gisberg and wrap up the title this weekend as well his nearest rival cam waters he's 567 points behind so all van gisbergen really needs is 33 points from the weekend over waters to come away as a three-time supercars champ and you know given the form that Shane's been in this season you kind of can't look past that happening uh you can't look past that not happening so um we'll just have to wait and see and um good luck to him as well it's a circuit that 
Triple Eight have had good format recently. They did sweep the event in 2019 when it was still an enduro with uh, Shane and Garth Tander winning the last one that we had here. It's an unforgiving street circuit, as you know. I'm sure people who've watched it over the years and maybe even back in the old days of the IndyCar as well here... Um, we'll know that it is a pretty grueling, unforgiving uh, street circuit, but um, it's an exciting one at that, and I'm just keen to see how it goes as without the Enduro Cup either, you know, because I've been used to, ever since I've been watching it, it's been like a two-driver race, even back in the day when they had the, when they had this specifically as like the international drivers round, and you'd have all the internationals coming, mainly, you know, indie car drivers and sports car drivers over the world, it's quite exciting, so yeah, we'll have to see how that pans out come the weekend, not sure what the weather's going to be doing too, because it's been quite wet in this part of the world. I'm not sure if it's the same up in Queensland at the moment, but um, you know, if it is, that always adds a bit of spice to the Gold Coast race. Have some other silly season movements as well in supercars. So uh, Tim Slade, of course, we know that he won't be at um, the Cool Drive team next year because Todd Hazelwood would Todd Hazelwood will be um, Slade is joining Premier Racing so taking over the seat of Chris Pither that was announced as well that Chris Pither won't be continuing um, whilst James Golding looks likely to continue in that second seat whereas um, all that's left really on the grid to confirm is uh, a seat at Matt Stone Racing vacated by Todd Hazelwood so could that be like a Declan Fraser or something who we saw impress at Bathurst uh, in that super cheap auto triple eight car there are technically three seats that are TBA at Brad Jones Racing as well but you'd think that uh, McCauley Jones and Jack Smith would be an eye in and Bryce Fullwood as well given the um, sponsorship money that he brings as well. It's it's quite important there for Brad Jones Racing, but, you know, if anything changes, I'm sure we'll cover it. So, yeah, exciting bit of weekend of racing coming up. Lots going on otherwise outside of it. Twos, just to keep my head um, kind of nailed on the ground. I don't know, just, just too much going on. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. The short one, but, you know, hopefully it's a sweet one. Look us up on Twitter at Hit the Apex Media. Follow the link trees as well. You can read my live blogs during the Grand Prix. And of course, check out the lovely people of the Grid Talk F1 show as well. Should be a part of that again this weekend, hopefully. So thanks very much. And see you guys next week when we do the wrap up for Mexico and the Gold Coast 500. Bye.